you've got questions we show it's mailbag time it's a chance for you the listeners to go out here and ask me some of the questions that you want to know about boston college football basketball recruiting anything you want i'm here to answer it if you are listening to this live and you want a question answered throw it in the uh, comment section right now but we're going to talk your questions on today's podcast which is going to include questions about recruiting questions about transfers the offensive coordinator search and the 2023 teams if you wanted to have some of your feedback asked here on the podcast, this is the show for you. Make sure to check it out on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is AJ Black, Locked On Boston College. I am the editor publisher of 247 Sports, Eagle Insider, and I've been the host of Locked On BC for over two years now. Thank you all for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, Not a lot of news going on right now. Women's basketball just got beat badly by uh, Miami. They had a lead and it just fell apart at the end of the game. Uh, BC uh, men's hockey this weekend is playing BU. And uh, I saw the student section is sold out. Great news there for the uh, for the hockey team and a big series uh, for the Commonwealth. The Battle of Comav, one of my favorites when I was a student there. But today's episode isn't about anything specific. I don't have an agenda for today's episode. I have uh, the 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 urge to open up today's big old mailbag, look at the questions that you asked, and sit there and, and talk to you, the listeners. Because this podcast, a lot of time, is just me. It's me spitting my truth, me talking my, talking my talk. But today, I, I want to get your questions answered. Because a lot of times... When I have a specific agenda, I don't get a chance to read your comments on the air, read your questions. And you guys are awesome. We're a Boston College podcast, and my bosses over and over again are going, wow, you cover a school that most people don't think people care about, but you have a great audience, great numbers, and it's all because of you, the listeners. And I want to thank each and every single one of you. So if you're out there on YouTube right now, or if you know you just found us, found out about us, Hit us up in the comments with questions that you want asked. I have plenty of time to ask, answer everything that you have. Now, the first question that we had comes from Steve on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook at, at uh, just find Eagle Insider on Facebook. And he wanted to know, AJ, is BC really done with the class of 23 in terms of recruiting? BC, you know, when we heard Jeff, ha- so great question, Steve. When we heard Jeff Halfley's signing day press conference, what did he say to us? Halfley said, are we done? We're not even close to being done. Now, that could have been just a a nod to uh, the transfer portal, which he clearly wasn't done. He had he's had transfers and one long snapper, which could be uh, it's not I'm based off the conversations I've had with BC. I believe he's a preferred walk on. So eight guys and they're not done. They're absolutely not done recruiting. 
And my answer is there's two positions ICBC still pushing with. And that is one more defensive back. There's a name that we've talked about a lot on this podcast and a kicker. So there's two names I think BC uh, fans should be watching for. First of all is Roderick Pleasant. This is the name I have talked about since last August. He's a track star from California. Uh, Sierra Jara, I believe it's called. Um, and I, I probably just butchered that name, but he's a four star. He would immediately be the top recruit in this class. Not even close. He'd be, he's the top. And he's a track star that has broken state records uh, in, in the 100 meter dash. BC has their work cut out for them in this. They're going against USC, Cal, um, and Oregon. And there's one other school that I'm totally blanking on right now that BC has to battle for. And so I don't think they're going to get him because he wants to also run track. Now, BC just opened a beautiful new New Balance track that they can use. So that's nice. But I think, you know, when, when at the end of the day, he, he, you know, he talks about his relationship with the staff. There's, you're going to have good relationships with a lot of staff when you're in the recruiting uh, trail, right? Good recruiting, you know, good relationships with the staff that is in Massachusetts on a team that was three and nine or good relationships with a team that was just one loss away from making the, the playoffs. I think the answer is kind of clear. And one of those teams will actually get you a whole bunch of money to come to your school. So I think that Roderick Pleasant will stay out West. I mean, out West. Now, the other position I just mentioned, kicker. Now, folks have already starting to write off Connor Litton. They wrote off um, Sam Candotti at punter. And I, I understand it. Sam Candotti was a true freshman punter from Australia. I think we folks need to give him a little bit of leeway, given the fact that he just learned how to play football a couple years ago. He hasn't played at the college level yet. Do you want to go out there and have him be your kicker if he's that at that level? Probably not. Or punter. You don't want him at that. But you also don't want to just give up on the kid. He's going to learn. And for Litton, we were just 12 months away from talk, talk, talking about how this kid's going to be the future kicker for BC for years to come. He struggled. He kicked 50% from field goal range. I get it. But you also need to get guys behind him, too. No matter what you think of Litton's future, you need to get guys that can jump in and say, oh, you know, if he does, if he stinks, we are, he continues to struggle. Here's this other guy that we can throw out there to also, um, you know, make those plays that you need to do. So the name that I want to throw out there is Sam Stone. Sam Stone is a kicker from Austin, Texas, who just took a visit to BC uh, about 24 hours ago. I think he just got home by BC late last week. He's a class 23 kicker. I think this is a kid you're going to keep your eye on because I think they are going to try to get a kicker slash punter to add to their, uh, their roster. So I, I th that's a great question. I think this will be the name that you're going to want to watch for those. So kicker and, and, and defensive back. Okay. All right. Now let's go to our uh, our comment section. As I said, if you are listening to this live, you can add your questions as well. Marty Party asks, will Akpala move from defensive end to run-stuffing linebacker? Now, I there is some football uh, strategy and, and way that they look at, at depth charts 
that is above my pay grade. The, Mitch is really good with this kind of stuff. But I talked to Mitch about this before when I was saying like, you know, the starting defensive ends next year are going to be, you know, uh, Dazavid Azaraku and then Nito Ekpala. And he goes, look at AJ. They're going to move Ekpala to like this, like it's an edge linebacker kind of position. And basically what Marty Party had said that I envisioned him as a, a McDuffie like linebacker. I think that's true. I think what you're going to see with Akpala is a guy that they're going to move around to more of the edge, but more, you know, off of the line of scrimmage, more of a linebacker. Um, I think that is absolutely going to be the case uh, with Akpala. And then who you put at the other defensive end or edge could be anybody. It could be Edwin Kalengi, who we saw a little bit last year. Sheeta Salah still has not transferred, so I'm assuming he's going to be back. And I, when I talk, when I talked to BC at the end of November, he was not on their list of guys that had run out of eligibility because I think he got redshirted again this year, so he could be back too. So those are a couple names that you're going to want to watch there. Now, in a moment, we are going to go into some more questions. I have questions about the offensive coordinator. I have questions about. Um, uh, Jeff Halfley. We're going to get into all of that. And if you have more questions, throw them up right now because I want to get into them. But before we do that, we are so excited about our partners at FanDuel because the playoffs are here. And Locked On is the official partner of FanDuel. They're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. And I'm telling you, if you want to make your bets, they're so easy. Um, you know, BC's playing UVA this weekend. We don't have the the uh, line yet, but FanDuel will probably be one of the first books out there to get it. So if you want to jump in on that odds, you can head over there. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance to add a bigger payout with same game parlay. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This is AJ Black, Locked on BC, and we are talking your comments. And our comment section is blowing up. Got the greatest, I, I, I'm telling you, I I have to say, I have the greatest fan base out here um, that listens to this podcast religiously, that tells me their feedback, that gets into things. And one of the names I want to shout out right now comes into my DMs all the time, and he has lots to say, uh, but I want to, it, it's good to hear his voice, and it's Dennis Monahan. Now, this goes into a question that I talked about earlier this week. Um, he said, I agree that the offensive coordinator job is not a good job at this point. I think you hit it on an earlier episode that good OCs don't want to come here at this time since Halfley seems to be a dead man walking. Even though they are all passions who want to go to a place knowing odds are good, it is a one-year stop, or actually 10 months if they don't win at least eight games. Football is in a bad place, much worse than we realize or the fan base realizes. Now, I I don't agree with Dennis here, and I'll tell you why. I, I do agree that it's going to be harder to get an offensive coordinator here. Like, you're not going to get a top-notch, like, you know, top-of-the-line offensive coordinator to come to Boston College. It's just, A, because of budgetary issues. BC does not pay well. Secondly, what he said, with which is Halfley is a coach on the hot seat. With a coach is on the hot seat, you can't get guys in here. That being said, 
the football is in a bad place. I don't see it that way. And I know folks might disagree with me, but I look at the last two years as a, as a uh, symptom of two major issues, which was, which was just depth, which can be addressed. First of all, quarterback position. How many teams out there that are at the level of where BC is at could handle losing your starting quarterback and then expect to be more than a six and six team? They're not many. They're really, there's not many. Um, and I think that that kind of answers what happened in 2021, 2022. Yeah. There was a major issue with the, the offensive line management was a big time problem, but I think that's been addressed. And when that's been addressed, I look at this roster and I don't see the major glaring issues that I saw Emmett Moorhead and his ability to take that next step will be that issue. That'll be what we'll be watching for. And I thought he looked good. Not, I mean, not great. I think he looked serviceable, which is what you just need. So I'm not saying I don't agree that football is in, is in bad shape. Um, I think of it more that, yeah, if your expectations are that they're competing for ACC championships, yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's true. But if you're looking for a team to continue to improve and, and, and go in the right direction, I don't see it yet. Um, and, and we'll have to wait and see because if Halfley has the the places pieces in place and still can't win, then we know our answer of where this football team is at. And we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and just say that this team's going to be good next year. I, I, I got, I have been bitten by that two years in a row, but great. Thank you, Dennis. I love having you in my comments and I love reading your thoughts. Sometimes you write a lot. I just don't have the time to respond back, but I, I I'm going to use your comments as a feature on today's uh, podcast. Now, also on Twitter, Alex Pendicini, uh, who asked me a question. Alex is um, a BC alum. He wants to know what football freshman do you think could have an impact next year? Now, I think this that's a great question, Alex. Thank you so much for asking. I think when I look at this, that there are there is a couple positions that I think freshmen, especially that we know are coming in early could jump in and play immediately. And if you look at our picture right now, he's one guy that is out uh, Khalil Ali. He is a safety. The secondary, as we said on a couple episodes ago is a, as a position in flux. And it's also a position that Halfley likes to get guys in early and he likes to plug them in early. We saw CJ Burton do it. We saw Amari Jackson do it. They like to get the freshmen in when they're talented enough. And I think that could be at the safety position or the cornerback position. So guys like Sean Battle, Carter Davis, I, I'm not sure about Max Tucker, but maybe Max Tucker and Khalil Ali. Those are four guys I think could jump in immediately and play right off the bat. I look at other positions. I look at like running back. I don't I don't see Dottrell Jones doing more than maybe being a punt returner, kick returner. Um, and then, you know, positionally, I don't see other guys jumping in either. You're not you BC better not be playing true freshman on the offensive line. Just going to throw that out there. Um, and on the defensive line, I don't see it yet either. Cause they just have the depth. So I'm looking at the secondary as the big position where freshmen could be playing. And I, I honestly think that this year will be a year where BC has depth based off of guys developing and the transfer portal. 
that they won't have to use freshmen. And I, I get the sense that Halfley doesn't want to use freshmen unless he really has to. You know, he's he always talks about like we got freshmen that'll jump in. They're talented. They're guys that can do this, that, and this, and everything. I don't think he wants to. I mean, I think in the in a in a uh you know fair world, he would love to just redshirt the ball and let them develop another year. But I think those are a couple. And the other name to watch for too is Jaden Skeet at wide receiver. Um, BC obviously has lost Zay Flowers. They've got some talent there, but Halfley has talked very highly of Skeet. He had a good All-American game. He had a, uh, almost a touchdown catch uh, and played really well and, and got a lot of press for his play there. Uh, so he's one name. Uh, um, and, and so that's one thing that I, I think people would would be looking at. So that thank you. Another great question. And we're also going to go back to Twitter because we have a second question here. And um, I lost it because I I am that guy. But keep asking questions if you have them because I want to get into what you have and get to talking about, you know, the things that you want to talk about. So our second question, here we go. Uh, Ted Edson wants to know my realistic offensive coordinator prediction. So I said earlier, I love uh, Corey Dennis, the quarterback's coach at Ohio state. Is he realistic? I'm going to have to say no. Is Mark Whipple realistic? Yeah, I think he's realistic, but will they go for him? I'm not sure there. Is Rod Chazinski? I don't think he's going to be, I don't think they're going to go with him. I think they're going to go outside of this. Um, And my realistic one, and one that I feel like if Halfley wants to try something different, go outside his comfort zone, get a guy with local roots, get a guy that has had success and has done some things, is Nick Charlton. He has BC roots. He was a graduate assistant here, did well at Maine. And I don't care what I, I obviously don't want to talk about UConn, but did pretty well at UConn. And, and I think their offense, it, given that they had zero talent on it, was able to do some things. I think Nick Charlton would be my pick as a realistic offensive coordinator. Um, and maybe a chance uh, that he comes to Boston college. And so uh, we're going to go into <laughs> Frank Ryan wants to say, Matt, Patricia, Matt, Frank, you're making me crazy. Uh, Matt, Patricia, I, if I will end this podcast like tomorrow, if Boston college hires Matt, Patricia as their offensive coordinator, my hair will fall out. I will probably stroke out on the floor and I will quit. I promise you, I do not want Matt, Patricia. Um, Having to watch as a Patriots fan, watching that quarterback play and having the most plays in college and NFL football that go backwards was mind numbing. And and now to hear all the crap that happened behind the scenes, please do not let Matt Patricia anywhere near Boston College. He can go coach whatever the heck he wants somewhere else. I don't want him here. Thank you, Frank. You, You hit that button again. You got me going. Okay. So in our final segment, we have a few more questions to get into. Hopefully you don't bring up any more awful offensive coordinator choices for me that gets me angry. And we'll talk and wrap this up, but we'll get back in just a moment. This is Locked on BC, AJ Black. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. Become a subscriber to Locked on BC. It doesn't cost a dime. 
It'll help our podcast tremendously. And hit that like button on this podcast right now. It'll help other BC fans find us and share our podcast with anyone who is into BC sports. I know they're out there. I know you guys are out there. So share them with other people because we're going to have more guests coming up. I know Mitch is doing a great job of looking into getting uh, future BC players, current BC players and past BC players onto this podcast. We had a great interview with Alex Washington, our defensive back just this week. And you're going to want to go back and listen to that if you haven't done so already. All right. Wrapping up our conversation, our, our listener mailbag has been tremendous. You've asked me, some great questions. Um, Peter Caruso says, should, during BC games at alumni, should they revert to Hell's Bells when it's third down? I think they should. Should they? Uh, Hell's Bells to me reminds me of the Patriots. Again, I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, I, I like having something different. That being said, I hate whatever the hell the Patri- the BC is doing that. It's third down and five, whatever the hell that is. It drives me insane. They've and what and it's just like the the bass that like starts off low and then I'm sorry, I'm singing BC music. I hate that. I I don't think they should do Hell's Bells because leave that in Foxborough, but find something different. Whether you know something that just gets fans going, but whatever they're doing, the the DJ play just. I'm gonna sound like an old fart here, but I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, So find something different. That's my thought. Peter also wants to know, because we're getting me going, in in your opinion, what season do you think was the worst in BC history? 2012, 2015, or 2022? All right, take 2022 and just throw it out because it's not the worst season in BC history. They want to rank game, so that immediately puts them above. I, 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 I get it because it's, it's against expectations that they were bad and they only won three games, but you beat Louisville and you beat NC State. So that immediately um, gets that out. 2012 was the end of Spaziani. We saw that what Spaziani was going to do, and we it wasn't like a huge surprise that the team was absolutely atrocious. They were really bad, um, but it was kind of like expected. So I, I, I don't know. You know, statistically wise, I, I'd put them near the bottom. But to th- for me, it, it will always be 2015. And it, they just get worse and worse the more I think about it. First of all, you had no quarterback at all. You, you Go back and look at what we had. You started the season off with Darius Wade, and you were feeling like you had an offense that could do something. He gets hurt well, in the second game of the season, and he's gone. And then what happens with BC, every se- it seems like every season now, they don't have a backup. They go with Troy Flutie. They go with uh, John Fadul. And they go with uh, Jeff Smith. None of them can play quarterback. <laughs> and so the offense is is horrible and way worse than 2022, in my opinion. Because at least 2022, you had Zay Flowers. You can move the ball here and there. 2015 wins for me because going back and looking at it, how much talent that hat team had. And they still won three games in that season. You had... Harold Landry, Justin Simmons, Matt Milano, um, I'm I'm blank. Uh, John Johnson, Chris Lindstrom, uh, you had Jonathan Hilleman. You, I mean, you had talent on that. Right, Jeff Smith, first, for instance. I mean, I know he was quarterback, but he's an NFL player. You had all this talent. You had a all world defense, and your offense was so bad. You couldn't win more than three games. 2015 to me 
it runs away. And yeah, there's bad moments in 2022, the Rutgers loss, the UConn loss. But at the end of the day, the worst football game I've ever seen and UConn is, they're close at number two or three. Army in 2022 is up, 2012 is up there too. Is that, is that Wake Forest game? Watching that live was one of the, it, it, it made me dumber watching that game. It was so bad. So thank you, Peter, for asking me uh, that question. I, I just had to get, I had to get into it. Okay. Um, Frank Ryan. Okay. We got a couple more questions. Frank Ryan in our comment section. Pretty freaking, People freaking out about DeBerry leaving. Did those people watch him play last year? He was pretty, pretty awful. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of go to the middle ground here. I get what Frank's saying. This, like, people are freaking out. Like, like I, I get a lot of comments about Halfley being the, the defensive back whisperer, and Halfley is the guy that's supposed to fix all defensive. In, I look at that defensive backfield, and I said they didn't really do all that much last year. Like if you're all look at it, Elijah Jones was the best cornerback. Josh DeBerry, who we went into the season thinking was going to be good. I mean, look at his pro football focus grade. It wasn't all that great. So losing him. Yeah. You lose a, a, a starter. I don't think he stunk, but I also don't think it's like you lost the second coming of, of Darrell Revis here. I thought, I think DeBerry is replaceable and I think that's okay. But the bigger question to me is can Halfley develop a guy to replace him, whether it's a transfer like Alex Washington or Kari Johnson or someone on the roster like Peak? You know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's going to be a big question. I think we'll have to wait and see who uh, develops into that. Um, <laughs> Frank, uh, Chris uh, says, worst season in BC history was in the 1970s. They had a winless season. Well, I, I, I'll take your word for it, Chris. I wasn't alive then. I go back to what I know, and I'm sure the season was bad. And I know there's times that BC, uh, the Henning, Henning, Henning year, Dan Henning years were bad. Um, I, I don't know. I think that was bad. Peter Caruso then says, "Do you recall watching the FSU game in 2018? That long Tamari and Terry TD? Yep, I do. And I'm sure you're talking about Josh DeBerry. I think that was Josh DeBerry on coverage of that." Um, and then the Kansas game was bad. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, we're running out of time here because uh, I have to keep these, I have to keep these podcasts to a certain time. And we right now have a massive comment section. So thank you all for everyone who's going crazy in the comment section right now. This is, this is what it's all about. I love, I love that locked on BC has become a community, uh, where people can talk about BC, talk about the good times and whew, baby talk about the bad times. Speaking of bad times, BC basketball is playing UVA this weekend on the road. And UVA is number seven in the country. BC's been playing better, but man, UVA is a very, very good team. We'll talk about everything that happens in that game on Monday's episode. We'll hopefully get some more updates on the offensive coordinator position. We're getting closer to spring practice and we've gotten so much more news uh, you know, battle of calm have everything in between. We're going to have a busy week next week. So thank you all for joining us today. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on locked on BC on YouTube. We're getting closer and closer to 800 subscribers. I want you all to be part of this. And we do this around eight o'clock to eight 15 every night. As soon as I get my kids to bed live, join us in the comment section. It does make this a lot more fun when you guys are here and lively. This is AJ black. Have a great weekend. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. We'll see you all again soon. Take care.